Hello everybody, this is Kia from Wicked Majesty and you are listening to Tea and Terror Podcast, the show that entertains with true and fictional stories from beyond the grave for people who love horror. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another night of terror and classic macabre on Tea and Terror Thursdays. I am your host, Kia Reed. If you are new here, welcome to the Wicked Majesty channel. I post horror stories, gothic tales, and creepypastas that will get your blood rushing and nightmares beyond your imagination. If you are a returning subscriber, thank you very much for watching my videos and subscribing. You definitely help my channel flourish and I greatly appreciate it. Tonight, I will be reading the final part of The Striding Place by Gertrude Atherton. I hope you enjoy tonight's narration. If you make it through the entire episode and you like what you heard tonight and you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, then please share the Tea and Terror podcast with others and add it to your playlist. If you are listening from my Wicked Majesty YouTube channel, please hit that like button and subscribe. Thank you all so much. Now on with the story. The blood sprang to Weagle's head. He was choked with the impression that the stride had him in her roaring hold, and he saw nothing. The mist cleared. The hand and arms were nearer. Although the rest of the body was still concealed by the foam, Weagle peered out with distended eyes. The mirrored light revealed in the cuffs links of a peculiar device. The fingers clutching the branch were as familiar. Weagle forgot the slippery stones, the terrible death if he stepped too far. He pulled with passionate will and muscle. Memories flung themselves into the hot light of his brain, trooping rapidly on each other's heels, as in the thought of the drowning. Most of the pleasures of his life, good and bad, were identified in some way with this friend. Scenes of college days of travel where they had deliberately sought adventure and stood between one another and death upon more occasions than one of hours of delightful companionship among the treasures of art and others in the pursuit of pleasure flashing like the changing particles of the kaleidoscope. Weagle had loved several women, but he would have flouted in these moments the thought that he had ever loved any woman as he loved Wyatt Gifford. There was so many charming women in the world, and in the 32 years of his life, he had never known another man to whom he had cared to give his intimate friendship. He threw himself on his face. His wrists were cracking. The skin was torn from his hands. The fingers still gripped the stick. 
There was life in them, yet suddenly something gave away. The hand swung about, tearing the branch from Weagle's grasp. The body had been liberated and flung outward, though still submerged by the foam and spray. Weagle scrambled to his feet and sprang along the rocks, knowing that the danger from the suction was over and that Gifford must be carried straight to the quiet pool. Gifford was a fish in the water and could live under it longer than most men. If he survived this, it would not be the first time that he plucked in science had saved him from drowning. Winkle reached the pool. A man in his evening clothes floated on it. His face turned towards a projecting rock over which his arms had fallen. Upholding the body, the hand that had held the branch hung limply over the rock. Its white reflection visibly in the black water. Weagle plunged into the shallow pool, lifted Gifford in his arms, and returned to the bank. He laid the body down and threw his coat that he might be the freer to practice the methods of resuscitation. He was glad of the moment respite. The valiant life in the man might have been exhausted in the last struggle. He had not dared to look at his face, to put his ear to his heart. The hesitation lasted but a moment. There was no time to lose. He turned to his prostrate friend. As he did so, something strange and disagreeable smote his senses. For a half moment, he did not appreciate its nature. Then his teeth cracked together. His feet, his outstretched arms pointed toward the wood, but he sprang to the side of the man and bent down and peered into his face. There was no face. This striding place is called the Strid, a name which it took of yore. A thousand years hath it borne the name, and it shall a thousand more.